Hey, welcome to the Junto Show. I'm Lance, and I'm woke with jokes. I'm Johnny, founder of TheVentureOut.com, where you can sign up to get two emails a week and get more food. And I'm Bo. Time for a tune-up. <laughs> You're the worst. That's right. We're cranking on your ears here at the Junto Show studio. <laughs> tune it up. Oh, man. What a day. How how are my two buddies doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Yeah, it's good to hear. Yeah, you feeling I, limber? Feeling good? Your arm arm better? You know, the shoulder is still, uh, still uh, a little uh, bothersome here, but uh, I've been focusing more on my legs these days. Got a hike coming up next month. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, awesome. Yep, going to uh, outside of Denver. I'm going to be hiking up a uh, 14K mountain, my third attempt to hike up a 14K mountain. We'll see if I actually make it to the top this time. Have you been getting progressively better or closer to your goal? I or no idea. <laughs> there no you go. idea. I, I'm in the gym. I got the backpack on with some weights in it. So, A, I look intense when I'm in the gym. Yeah. I get a lot of uh, cred for that. Okay. But when they ask me, I always have a caveat. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm just like, you know, trying to attempt a mountain just in case I I can't do it. Well, that's fair, though, because I, from what I understand, a big part of camping is being intense. There you go. There you go. And (laughs) and, uh, and pooping in bags. Got it. I did like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, man. All right, so thank you guys for listening to The Junto Show. And The Junto is a club Benjamin Franklin founded way back when America was great. The purpose of The Junto was to debate questions of morals, politics, and natural philosophy. Our show is not quite that stuffy, but here and there we stumble upon something profound between the geeky jokes. All right, and today is, what is today? Man, this year is getting away from us. Mm, it is Tuesday, August 6th, 2019. Yes, the order's backwards on that. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, that's an Easter egg for you listeners. <laughs> and I also like to introduce, uh, not introduce, but reintroduce our Patreon page. So uh-huh. patreon.com slash junto show. So we can contribute a buck or two um, and basically help us uh, keep doing what we love to do, which is put awesome noise in your ears. Please, sir. May we have a Bitcoin, please? please <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> One Bitcoin. Holy cow, man. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of uh, money, you guys hear about the old uh, stock market that uh, crash yesterday? Man, well, how much did it crash? Uh, I think, I don't know. At like least, 300 points or something? It was like 600 when I checked last, but oh, okay. maybe six, between six and 900 when I checked. I have the worst time with stocks, man. I, I really just need to stop doing stocks in general. Okay? Oh, did you not know? <laughs> no, you, no. Uh, like, did you ramp up? <laughs> last week. <laughs> last week, the market mean. dropped because I forgot what Trump did. It could be anything. <laughs> yeah, something, ha- something happened. The stocks all dropped, right? I'm like, oh, time to buy. You know, so I bought a couple more stocks, and then I dropped some more today mm. oh. or yesterday, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so like it sucks so bad, so, because but it'll, it'll come back. I mean, it's all you gotta stay in it for the long haul. Well, That's what I tell myself. I keep getting articles about all these recession indicators are we have flashing red. And yeah, people like uh, investing yeah. in water, yeah. <laughs> like in like canned goods and stuff. I'm like, ooh, that's not good. No, I invest in Starbucks. That's like water. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's good water, dirty brown water. <laughs> All right, so hey you guys, I have an announcement for the uh, <gasps> faithful Junto listeners. Okay, uh, your intrepid co-host Lance will be a mem- part of the podcast movement conference here in Orlando, Florida. Thank you very much to Miss Molly Schwartz and the Loeb and Loeb Law Firm, based out of New York City. They've invited me to be a part of the State of the Indie podcast panel, uh, two o'clock, two o'clock to three o'clock on uh, Tuesday the thirteenth as part of um, podcast movement. So if you're there. Come take August thirteenth. Yeah, August thirteenth. Next week. Yeah, next week. Next week. Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Ooh. Holy cow! It's coming up. It's coming up. So the uh, panel is going to be about um, uh, indie podcasts. And, you know, you know the Hinto Show. Despite our 
excellent quality. Still, for somehow qualifies as a indie podcast. I think once you're under two hundred thousand listens, <laughs> you're still indie. So like yeah. we're just just squeaking by. <laughs> I've got two aunties and my and my mom at least. <laughs> we're indie. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's going to be myself, uh, Molly Schwartz, the moderator, uh, and Kennedy McGuire from the Loeb and Loeb uh, Law Firm, and Amanda McLaughlin from the Multitude Systems. So, all right. Hey, so uh, if you're around, listen to me, and I'll report back on how it went. I've been, uh, it's on the old bucket list to be a part of a panel. So here we Boom. go. I'm there excited. Is, man. I'm yeah. excited. All right. Uh, you guys got anything going on? Nope, nothing that's... that you want to try to, it's not a contest. <laughs> 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 nothing, nothing that fancy. Well, I can't top that, Bo. All right. Nope. Man, you got a, a big month going on next month, too, because that's also um, our uh, Monopoly trip. It is indeedy. Yeah. So we got to start getting ready for that. And also, I want to try and take a trip. Before that, too? Good luck with that, man. Well, keep th- saying that, but... The thing... Yeah, I know, because I haven't planned any of it yet, but I just want to get away to make sure that the process for using my buddy pass to fly overseas works. Oh, yes. Because, like, if, if I go... If I try it and it screws up, like, I still have time to buy an expensive ticket. But I, as it stands now, I'm, like, booking my flight the day before <laughs> we, we leave. And you're still committed to all the prices we just paid. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is... Uh, I'm, as, as it gets closer, I'm just like, oh, man, like, I'm, I don't know how, how confident <laughs> I am and so <laughs> All right, but that's uh, neither here nor there. All right, so we're going to get things started with our first segment, Hot Take News. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. All right, so um, given that it is uh, early August, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the tragedies that happened in way too many United States cities. Uh, So our thoughts and prayers, like the good ones, not the we don't want to actually do anything to fight the problem kind. Like our actual thoughts and prayers go out to the people in Dayton, El Paso, Chicago, Gilroy, South Haven, uh, and any other cities that we missed. It's, it's actually pretty hard to keep track of it all. So um, we need to love each other and uh, do something about this violence. It's out of control. All right? Whew. So sad. So sad. Uh, palate cleanser. All right. So have you guys seen, um, if you order food delivery, uh, you should probably make sure you order a little extra. Because a, a study shows that oh. <laughs> 27% of delivery drivers are taking a little bit of food off the top when you order, like your DoorDash or your uh, Uber Eats or whatever. Your drivers definitely picking out your food. I'm cool with that. Are you really? Yeah, I'm cool. What do you mean? The, I want to make sure there's no poison in my food. <laughs> so if it makes it to you, that means the guy didn't die. Exactly. <laughs> if I see the driver killed over and the food not make it to my doorstep, then I go, okay, well. I'm not ordering from there again. <laughs> At least not the special. Man. It's like... If he dies in the driveway, you're just like, well, the food's here, and I can't prove that's what killed him. <laughs> or which, which, which store he ate from that caused it. Yeah, just like that. Who are we kidding? It's it's the Chipotle that did it, man. Oh, okay. that's on. Well, it's not a problem, because <laughs> until they become a sponsor, <laughs> I'm not eating. I haven't had Chipotle. I bet you haven't had Chipotle in a long time either. It has been. I keep thinking about it. Like, you know, I'm, it's long, long overdue to get some good Chipotle. Over yeah. over two years. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, that shows how great it is. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I need a good bowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> Keyword good. <laughs> Want to fight your body trying to eat the damn Chipotle. All right. Um, the study was uh, conducted by U.S. Foods, uh, 500 food delivery people. Um, oh, so speaking of, so which of the delivery companies do you think is the biggest? Because I was surprised. You got your Uber Eats, your DoorDash, your there's like um, a waiter with like no E because that's a thing tech companies do. Yep. Which which delivery company is the biggest? Should know this one. It's a clear winner too, by the way. I thought it would be like. I was just talking to somebody about this. You know, the, the name escapes me, man. It's, it's not the ones you named either. It's not DoorDash. It's not GrubHub. 
I don't think it's Uber Eats. Postmates? Yeah. Postmates. Postmates. Nope, it's DoorDash by a mile. What? Yeah. Oh. By like maybe 10% bigger well, than the next biggest one. Edit out what I just said then. <laughs> nah, buddy. <laughs> apparently, you said earlier, you've got your finger on the pulse of the business world. Finger on the pulse, buddy. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, all right. So it said, um, oh, so get this, like uh, inside the article about, you know, them stealing your food. It said that the drivers for the delivery company aged between 18 and 77. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, good Lord. So you have to be an adult. Got it. 77? That is way too old to be... Still an adult. Well, true. There should be like another <laughs> word. <laughs> like the adult shouldn't be like uh, 18 to infinity. <laughs> well, I, I got I got something for you guys on this topic, right? So when you get paid your base amount from um, delivering food like this... Okay. So we're delivery drivers in this scenario. Yep. So you're a delivery driver. Let's say you're guaranteed whoever. I don't know. What's... 15 bucks an, an hour. <laughs> no, it's like six. It's like $7 an hour. Okay, $7 <laughs> an hour, all right? Good Lord. Yep. And uh, so you deliver the food. The person who gets the food puts a tip in there, yep. right? Some companies use that tip to go towards your base pay. Therefore, your tip, therefore, your overall take-home is less. Oh, no, you, you would think it's six plus the tip, but it's not. Yeah. Like or, if you, or they just take that money off the tip, right? Yeah, it's like if if you make over seven dollars an hour in total with tips or whatever, then you get your seven dollars an hour. But like if you only get one tip, and then you only get your seven dollars an hour. It's not like seven dollars an hour plus that tip. And that that was DoorDash mm. that did that. There you go. Don't yeah. use DoorDash. They claim that they stopped doing it, but I, knowing that they did it in the past, yes, am now boycotting them. There you go. Is it? Am I wrong for that? Also, so since you brought it up, no, I'm curious. Wrong. It's like uh, I mean that is. You're like a waiter essentially, like that. And if you were yeah. if you were to tip the waiter, and then the 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 food establishment says, "No, that's actually my money." Well, that's no, no, yeah, that's terrible. The, the question being, am I Lance being a jerk for punishing this company? No, that's, that's in exactly perpetuity. <laughs> for well, like they've said, they're going to change their policy though. Well, just like any relationship, if you hurt me, sometimes saying sorry isn't enough. I need you to say sorry and then also do something else, either. Um, do True. reparations of some sort. True, and that, if I find right. out door to a exactly if they up if they were like this was a problem, we're sorry we did that. We're paying our employees extra. Then you get me. But as it stands now, right. you're back at baseline. Yeah. You know who else is at baseline? Uber Eats, and they were never jerks that I yeah. know of. There you go. So so screw you, uh, uh, DoorDash, until you become a sponsor. Uber Eats, <laughs> Uber Eats did the same thing. This is DoorDash that, that we know of did it. I don't okay. think, I don't know that Uber Eats did it. Okay, but you're ba- you're. I'm mad at DoorDash. You're mad at DoorDash, but you're you're not banning Uber Eats. No, I'm only banning. I'm only boycotting DoorDash. Okay, but at, now they're the same level as Uber Eats. Do you? No, they're well. No, they <laughs> they were bad before. Now that now they're good. Okay. So Uber Eats is better because it was never bad that I know of. Oh, okay. I thought you said so, Uber Eats was a baseline, no, and so was a DoorDash. Uber Eats has never cheated on Lance. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, he can still trust Uber Eats, whereas DoorDash, like you know, cheated on Lance with another. I don't know where I'm going. With this. <laughs> Minus Uber being a generally evil company, so like I'm boycotting Uber in general because it's an evil company. <laughs> yes, but not Uber Eats. <laughs> so what are you left with? I don't. Know. It was that DoorDash and Uber Eats. Do you Postmates? Yeah, Postmates. <laughs> Whatever that is, that sounds like a mailing company. I use Postmates. Okay. Um. So this whole thing where it's like Grubhub. This whole delivery. Yeah, Grubhub. Yeah, Grubhub. It's good. There's also like a guy waiter or something, but that one sounded a little bit like old. RegularVentureOut.com. <laughs> so, so guy, like, guy waiter? It was some, some weird thing. Huh? All right. So, um, but, you know, this whole delivery culture that we have, I think it's having unforeseen effects on society. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I think so, too. 
like I live in a place where food is pretty close by, but I think, you know, if I lived in like a was a suburb or like Johnny's house actually, nice place. But, you know, it's kind of hard to get certain stuff. I think getting food delivered to you or getting like ordering batteries off Amazon or whatever, you really shouldn't be doing that. But you know who does it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm just about worse than batteries. Is it really bad to order batteries off Amazon? Uh, like if it's just batteries. Yeah, they, get, they, they ship it. It's a whole box. And like the store is right there. That is what stores in your neighborhood are for. Yeah. And that's why they're shutting down. It's a problem. And then also... Well, I don't think that's that big of a problem. But there's also packaging. That's what would get me, actually. Yeah. I don't know why they don't just, like... If you have a big order, they just package everything in one. But they do. But I, So, like, I also ordered, like, a, a watch battery, because sometimes those are hard to find. And they sent it to me in, a like, a legit shoebox. <laughs> and it was, like, a strip of watch batteries. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> All right. But more, uh, more to the point, like, Bo, you need to get out and see your fellow man. So, um... Well, I cook... I, I just go to the store, buy bulk... And then I cook. Yeah, good enough. Good enough. Yeah. So they're saying that um, loneliness is becoming a real problem, especially among millennials. Like, I, I think part of that, this whole don't leave the house thing is, is part of that. They, mm. I saw a study that said 22% of millennials defined as people ages 22 to 38 have no friends, zero friends. We were just talking about this, Bo. Yeah, and how lucky we are to have each other. Yeah. And yeah. We're, we're hugging right now, uh, uh, until listeners. It's, yeah. uh, it's lovely. We have each other. Strong yeah. arms, Bo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've got the exact statistic I heard, too, but this is like a stat I heard like over a decade ago that kind of stuck with me. I think I heard from some sort of radio show was saying how basically their survey showed that the number of people who have just one best friend is already like average or low or something, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people out there that don't even have somebody they can call a best friend. I was like, wow, what a what a that's a rough life, kind of. Well, you know, to be fair, I, I couldn't call one person a best friend either because I have two. <laughs> really? Aww. I was going to call both my best friend, Man. actually. No, it's on the strangle you have to show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean, that's so like jokes, yes. all jokes aside, that's pretty sad. 22%. Yes. That's like one in five people. Like, yeah. good Lord. You know, the, it kind of reminds me, there was a movie back in the 80s and it was a Steve Martin flick called Lonely People. Did I see that? I don't think I saw that. Yeah, and the the movie was about this guy who was so lonely, and he was like battling. It was a comedy, but essentially, uh, it it had themes of like suicide, um, and he tried to make friends with a fern, <laughs> and it was somewhat of a funny movie. But I, I like Steve Martin. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know if you had seen it. No, I don't think I saw that one. I like yeah. Steve Martin though, except uh, Bowfinger, terrible movie. All right, I like. I thought Bowfinger was awesome. You're the guy. I am the guy. Like at some point in that movie, you can see the boom mic, and it's just a bad movie. <laughs> well, right. I thought that was kind of half the fun of it. You know? It's stupid. I didn't like it. I do like Eddie Murphy too, though. All right, so it says, uh, so even though millennials had the highest number, twenty two percent with no friends, like it was about that level for all age groups, like sixteen percent, I think, for the uh, for the older people, and they didn't have the Gen Z in there, but other studies have shown that Gen Z kids are actually like pretty sad too, or lonely too. So I don't know. Hug, hug somebody, go find a friend, or. No, put down your devices and just get out, like you're saying. Or meet, make internet friends. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know if I count that. Do you count internet friends? I count internet friends. I do I? I don't know. I don't. No, you got to touch them. I'm a toucher. You got to have okay. to hug. Yeah, that's uh, no, that's, that's something you should that, not say. <laughs> <laughs> that just took a weird turn, man. <laughs> well, they're like hugs, hugs, okay. and, and like even bro hugs. Are like, okay, yeah, I like you. Let me touch you. I would legit be like, my life would be worse, and I would be more sad if I didn't have some type of physical touch from a human, like. Hug, um, well, handshake, not, oh, yeah, not handshake, yeah. but like even yeah. bro hugs, like yeah. something. Yeah, 
Well, physical touch is one of your love languages. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like even, yeah. I mean, not like I'm getting horny off of hugging the dude or whatever, but let me just feel your <laughs> your manliness. Squeeze those muscles. But but I think legit, if I went like a month without touching somebody, yeah. I would. That would <laughs> I would be ten percent more de- like a minimum ten percent like more depressed. All right, all right. Yeah. I, I'm going to share something. You guys make fun of me. You want right? Okay. It's just uh, us, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a good laugh with this with, with a, a buddy of ours here, where I tell him like, well. Um, since I've uh, been in between girlfriends for for a while now, mm-hmm. right? I signed up for uh, a, <laughs> so many of them. <laughs> I signed up for a uh, a massage um, um, oh, yeah. plan. Mm-hmm. You know? So every month I go into wherever the local massage place here is and I get a massage and stuff because I feel like physical touch is an important piece. Yep. Without some physical touch with another human being, and there's science that shows this. There's mm-hmm. a scientific research that shows how like physical touch actually impacts people's happiness and people's um well-being and such so anyways i told somebody that he's like science has proven i think i think um that it's we should normalize that as society like it it is a uh, physical human need like um we covered i don't know if we covered it but a while back i read this article like in some of your bigger cities they had you could hire a cuddler nothing nothing not like an escort or whatever Mm -hmm. it was just somebody who would come and cuddle with you and they were like it has the same Effects as <laughs> I could be a cuddler, <laughs> dude. You are a cuddler, as, a, yeah. as like a, oh, I a get massage. sweaty though. So, well, I mean, some people like that, you know. Yeah, I, don't uh, think so. <laughs> I don't think they want to. <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing that has zero percent people that like it. Okay, it's just yeah, some one true. or two percent out there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is not, there's nothing you like zero. a teddy bear at a water park. Yeah, they're out there. <laughs> they have conferences, probably. <laughs> if you if you go looking for it, yeah, find your niche. And, and that's, but and it sucks because I think if you were like, yeah, I hired a cuddler to come to my house last night and keep me company until I fell asleep, people would look at you like you were a weirdo. Yeah. But I think that you know yeah. I would be for a society that normalized yeah. that. If, if I said proven. that, I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, I heard it. and they'd be like, look at me, they go, oh, that's a cuddler. I mean, I had a cobbler. <laughs> a peach cobbler last night. Yeah, good. <laughs> I was cuddling my cobbler. <laughs> I think I'm, I, I'm pro cuddler and also a pro pro at, co- pro at work nap. But right. you know, both things are uh, make you a bum if you love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me see here. And one one last story here we'll talk about. All right. So the U.S. is using solar powered blimps to spy on parts of the Midwest. I know you guys didn't think you were getting out of the hot take news without it. That's how they get your story. Okay. So, oh, it's the Midwest. Okay. <laughs> I mean, coming coming to a big city near you. So the U.S. military is using. Um, they look kind of like Goodyear blimps. I don't know how big they were. I couldn't tell from but context. They're bad year. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of a good pun. <laughs> to monitor activity across six states in the Midwest, there are twenty five solar powered uh, blimps reportedly being used to monitor portions of Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, and Wisconsin. Well, what are they monitoring? They claim that they're monitoring. Nar- narcotic trafficking and homeland security threats, but you know, define homeland security threats. They're basically so these. So what? So the thing is, is that they have these. They're these big blimps. They're blimps. They're up uh, sixty-five thousand feet, but they've got these crazy. Uh, the Guardian uh, newspaper, like a UK newspaper, um, they guessed. So it's like a, the blimps are made by um, Sierra Nevada, and Sierra Nevada has this technology called Gorgon Stare video surveillance system. <laughs> right way to name it something sinister <laughs> yep. and uh the gorgon stare what it does is it consists of nine cameras recording panoramic in- images enabling operators to capture activity across an entire city at once okay. so it's like a million megapixel or whatever it is dvr video of an entire city so like if they're like they find out the next day that there was a bank robbery at on fifth street 
they can go back to the video they stored from yesterday and zoom in on Fifth Street and like see the people coming out the bank and track them as they get in their car and drive off. And that okay, well, if you put it that way, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get you, Bo. Yeah. Well, okay, so <laughs> Yeah. You know. Oh okay, or the political protesters. They can see where they, they can trace them from the protest yeah. back to their house is what they're really gonna do. Yeah, so I mean if you put it away, that sounds bad. <laughs> but if you're like, Yeah, there was this 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 uh Spy technology caught some murderers. <laughs> How dare they? How dare they? Thank you, Bo. You're seeing the bigger <laughs> picture for once. <laughs> I love it. Oh, you put it that way. It doesn't sound so bad, Lance. Uh, okay. Like, if, if the principle of having a like monitoring the, the activities of everybody in an entire entire cities over the course of six states at once, that, that doesn't unnerve you? Have you six never seen days? a movie? Six states, yeah. So I think we just found a new game. <laughs> How do I get Lance all riled up here? Easiest game in the world. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like losing at a carnival game but winning a prize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so stuck at that name. That's a kick-ass name. It is Gorgon. a cool name. The Gorgon Stare. But like, didn't the Gorgon, did, don't, doesn't that turn you to stone? Gargo- gargoyle. Uh, no, gargoyles turn to stone, but I think Medusa was a Gorgon. Gorgon? Yeah. yeah okay. So like her yeah. stare turned you to stone. I think she was. I think that was her species. Ah, okay. So the Demogorgon is like a half Gorgon. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. See, yeah. makes sense. All right. So so, <laughs> Bo's not against this in principle. It doesn't sound like. Uh. So as far as uh complete and utter uh surveillance. Yes. Yes, I'm I'm against it, but it's. Uh, you will catch some criminals. Yeah. You yeah. will also put down some political protesters too, though. Well. Okay, so but I'm. I I wonder how much of that is based on, uh, fear from. I guess there. I'm trying to think of what in history, can we relate to if there's extra surveillance, that has put down. I guess we could look at all of Russia, right? Russia was a surveillance state, or the United States. Cointelpro. Oh, here's where I sound like a crazy person. Okay. <laughs> um, let's just say that the FBI has a. Uh, okay, have you heard about the? Was it Hoover? Uh, monitoring Martin Luther King during the civil rights era. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then telling him, "Hey, we have these tapes of you. If you don't kill yourself, and basically <laughs> in the civil rights movement, we're going to expose you as the fraud that you are." Yeah, so, like because yeah, he like a, a experimental affair or something like that. Right? Several, from what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> and I've heard some some worse stuff too, but I don't. That stuff's a little bit more salacious. But he definitely cheated on his wife and was killed by the government. All right, so um, Johnny, are you against this in principle? Well, I I feel like the only thing missing is uh, they need to slap on some uh, uh, Amazon Alexa. <laughs> yeah. you know? I I do want to recall. I am against it in principle. Hey, all right. So, oh, okay, good. Thank yeah. you, Bo. Okay. Like, were you from the gig beginning, or did I convince you? Uh, you didn't convince nah. me. I've always been kind of <laughs> against it. But I think that there is a there there's a certain you know that threshold kind of keeps getting higher and higher as the older I get. You know, and the more uh, you know the surveillance kind of turns out to be actually beneficial. Oh, you went the wrong way. You know? <laughs> I got cool with security cameras and banks or whatever, but, yeah. you know, this, like, recording an entire city? Good Lord, man. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, it's like uh, Batman in The uh, the Dark Knight mm-hmm. when he used that cell phone technology to listen in all of Gotham in order to track the Joker. Yeah. Was right? It? Like, he used it for a good deed, but that's just too much power for one person to have. Mm-hmm. And in this case, too much power for one government to have. There you go. Yep. So, all right, Johnny's paying attention. I appreciate it. To the dark night, yes. <laughs> However, you get there. All right, and uh, and we're going to finish up the hot take news with our good news story of the day. 
I had a couple joke ones, but I'm gonna go ahead and give you the real one. All right, so there was this guy. His name. Oh wait, that's not it. That's the one about the human human uh, animal hybrids. <laughs> a chimera. Yeah, they're they're real now. Um, wait, so, what? Okay, so that's it. There's a story. So there's been a medical breakthrough has been approved in Japan. Uh, Japan has approved. In Japan, of course, it's Japan. <laughs> Japan. They have approved a uh, plan to create animal embryos with human cells and bring them to term, resulting in a type of human animal known <laughs> as a human animal chimera. These are people that watch too much anime. Going, <laughs> yeah, well, well, okay, so like here comes Full Metal Alchemist. I know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Johnny got the reference. All right, my man. So people watch Star Trek, build a cell phone, you know, and then you watch Full Metal Alchemist, and then you make a, a monster. <laughs> Kill me! <laughs> I just can't wait to see. It. What like, else is going to come out of Japan? <laughs> tentacle monsters? Uh, yeah, that's what's tentacle. What are those? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you won't get me. All right, but basically, so you know, it's, it's joking, joking. They're going to make chimeras, but the real thing is that they're going to start initially uh, putting human pancreas stem cells in rats. And growing, oh. and growing organs in order to transplant them into humans or whatever. Oh, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound that bad now. Well, yeah, that's why I say it the first way because it's more fun. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of, Japan's making werewolves and pig monsters, and you're saying they're just growing human organs and other animals. Well, the Area okay. 51 in Japan, for sure, is uh, making. Um, you name the anime. Humanzies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly. Um, oh, but get this. So the, the twist in it is right. So you're putting the stem cells in the in the rats and they, they like build them and then it turns into a human pancreas but you have to stop the development of the human organs before the stem cells move to the rat's brain because then it develops a human brain and then you really do get into the old uh, kill me either the doctor oh. or monsters or whatever okay. which is a real thing they're worried about so uh but the good the good news we're getting these uh the pig pig hearts pretty soon so uh that's how they save you <laughs> and uh that's the hot take news for all of us here at News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. I am Johnny. I'm Lance. First officer of our reporting. Son of a... Not <laughs> once. <laughs> Science officer Lance, reporting yeah. for duty. All right, well, welcome to the captain's rare room, the preferred place where the captain can hold private discussions, and receive classified communication. Ah, right. Yeah, nice, okay. nice. So, in today's segment, I came across this article on the BBC uh, website, and the uh, title was basically, um, The 101 People and Ideas and Things Changing How We Work. Ah, right? yes. So, it's a list of 101 uh, futuristic thoughts as far as how um, working in the future would be different from how the current workplace situation is, right? So I just pulled out a few nuggets that I thought were pretty interesting. So right. it, so this is people innovating stuff now. on the horizon. Yes, it includes that stuff. It could be just trends that we are seeing, um, people who are actively doing something that will change the way in which we work. Um, all kinds of stuff could be in there. Okay, right. Right? So not like a thousand years from now. No, because that person's not born. Well, they might be born, yeah. but they're probably not born yet. Okay. So... I picked out a uh, about a half dozen here. I'm gonna throw them at you, and let's see what you all think about them. Okay? Yep. okay, true, false, stupid, awesome, whatever. Number four on the list: algorithmic justice. I don't think I like it. No, I don't <laughs> like it. I'm against it. <laughs> More machines than ever can recognize us, 
but they inadvertently discriminate on race, gender, and more. Mm-hmm. People like uh, Joy Bolowini are trying to fix these built-in biases. Uh, okay, no, so she's the good guy because the the um that's the the first one's a big problem. So if she's yes. trying to fix it, then yes, it's trying to correct for these biases okay. on the computer. So like she, I, I want her to fix like the accuracy that gets me through the airport faster, but the problem where the police robot can't tell me from a different black guy or whatever. Like I'm fine with some ambiguity there. <laughs> <laughs> like don't don't fine tune that one too. Good. <laughs> I would actually think you'd want to fine tune that one, right? Well, you don't know what I'm up to when I leave here. Well, I'm just saying, you don't know what your doppelganger's up to. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, yeah, so it's true. That's how, see, that's how they get you, though. Yeah, yeah. right. There you go. Uh, so I think I am probably more okay with algorithmic justice. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I algorithmic justice being that she's trying to fix the problem. Yeah, correct for biases in the system. Oh, I'm so, just so the question. The main question is, I'm I'm against algorithms more generally because I think they're so skewed all the time. Well, and also for other reasons. But okay. a lot of it is because they're so skewed. And so... Like she does, she wouldn't need to do this if we weren't trying to um, automate everything and do all this other crap. All right. Well, I think the justice system is kind of already an algorithm, right? Yeah. You do this, then this happens. Yeah. Da, 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 da. The 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 the, the Cylons are coming. You can't prevent that. Okay. So, all right, number seven on the list: automated hiring and firing. Oh uh, no! S- see my answer to the first one. <laughs> yeah. AI can screen your job application. The question is whether it should also be allowed to scan your social media, oh, God analyze no. your facial expressions, <laughs> and even fire you. No. Uh, no, no to all yeah, that. No. No to all that. Scan it's my, a, scan my it's social coming. Media. I know. Scan my social media. Good luck. Unless you're talking. I'm not sure that's coming. It's coming, man. You see, you see, sir, what I bring to the workplace is a super hard work ethic and also black radical politics. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it seems your social credit score has gone down 20 points since this interview started. Yes, oh. uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions scanned my, <laughs> my uh, social media profile and flagged me. Aside from that, though, I show up 20 minutes late two times a week and I bring coffee, though. <laughs> well, I like your charisma and you got, I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> there we go. You're hired. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, so, side note, so the algorithmic hiring, I think Amazon, you know, one of your bigger uh, AI um, competitors was... I don't want to slander them, but they deserve it. Some company, I think it was Amazon, was using their own technology to hot to for the hiring process. And then like they looked up like five years later, like, man, the algorithm is only hiring men. And it was like because they had only hired men before. So uh, it, it just continued yeah. doing what it was doing. And then they were like, Oh, we shouldn't do this. Like it's yeah. bad. And that is the problem with everything, because for the in the first four hundred and fifty thousand years of human history it's been racist and sexist and so when you try to base things off of uh, your data, history, yeah, your yeah. existing data set it's yeah. going to spit out racist and sexist so right. that's why you need the first lady <laughs> well. <laughs> well the non-profound thought out of that one would be hey be careful what you're posting your social media it may come back and haunt you yep. i mean evergreen statement but you know yeah, uh, we're out here what am i supposed to do not post my penis <laughs> the world <laughs> deserves it <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. Instagram that. (laughs) All right. I don't know where that one's going. I'm about to kick you out of the captain's ready room. (laughs) Number 18, degrowth movement. Uh, Economic growth is leading to. (laughs) It's getting cold in here. You say degrowth? (laughs) Yeah, degrowth. It's getting cold in here. Uh, Economic growth is leading to overconsumption and climate change. Degrowth argues that shrinking our economies can have benefits. Uh, I'm pro this. Uh, good luck selling it to anybody, though. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's gonna buy this. The, the problem with capitalism is like every company is like forced to increase the profits in the bottom line year over year over year, and you can only make so much more crap or like 
squeeze so much money money out of your your company, hmm. which is why, for the life of me, I refuse to eat Wendy's four for four dollars meal because that's how much that food cost in 1995, and they're putting horse meat and, and sawdust in that food to make it still cost they're, four dollars. Chimera <laughs> meat in that thing, yeah. man. Yes. Well, so I disagree with that, but I, I just disagree with that statement. So with mine? No, the degrowth. Degrowth. You, oh, you, you think dis- it's, you think it's fine to grow in- infinitely? I think that we will innovate. It's, yeah, I mean, it's not growth, considering growth. No, we is, won't. Growth is growth is different, right? But uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't quite understand degrowth. I guess because I'm I'm not sure that I I follow the the whole entire argument. But yeah. well, like uh, so, say for for Walmart to to make more money than it made last year, it's got to make more crap, sell more crap. All of that has, or sell the more of the right crap, as to sell the the crap that people want to buy. Mm. Yeah. Or innovate, and, and automation yeah. would be part of it. Yes, it displaces jobs, but hopefully we we find a different sector of jobs for those folks. I could see, you could easily convince me this is a good thing. I'm yeah. sure, obviously, it, it matters in what sectors and yes. how it's being done or whatever, yes. but yeah. uh, this person needs a voice, needs to you know get their voice <laughs> elevated, because like, that, right. that has nobody talking about that. <laughs> nobody. Number 22, e-residency. For a small fee, you can become a digital Estonian, as technology allows more of us to work flexible, flexibly, um, might nations compete to attract e-residents? I e- agree with that. What is an e-resident? I think like I have a. I'm at Facebook. Co. Uk yeah. instead of Facebook. Com. Or in let's say let's kind of go a little off the rails. Uh, we have a bunch of nation states, right? Uh, let's say the, the the evolution of of human history, right? You go from villages to cities to towns to larger to nations, and then you have uh, large territories that are nations. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, maybe a growth is a natural uh, digital country, and you're an e-resident. Right. I, I can see the concept. I just have like what, like the practical use of it. Yeah, there's probably not much. But, but I pay like my Bitcoin taxes to some uh, foreign state. Like, am I a citizen? Well, is so it- so let's. Um, Going back to what Bo just said, right? Like, why do we even have to form tribes to begin with? It's because you get something, I get something, and it's mutually beneficial that we now join forces, right? And you keep multiplying that. You go to cities, we all join and pull in our taxes together because that's the only way to get roads and bridges done. Mm-hmm. No one person can ever afford a whole bridge to get to point A to point B and so forth. You get to nations, that's how you get NASA and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. So maybe in an e-resident country, virtual country, there's something only all of us bound together from a common purpose to go do and achieve something. Nope. I'm lucky. <laughs> nope. The, the, the first, I just this don't is, get it. I'm not saying it's wrong. This I, is I'm the only saying, way to get to the world of Tron. I just don't get it. I, I'm not saying it's bad or good. I just literally don't get it. Well, it's virtual. That's why you don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look that one up. All right, go Well, on it's going to happen, and then you're going to realize why you didn't see that before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's why me and Bo are citizens. Yep. <laughs> Number 61. Estonia. You got E-ice, like, <laughs> locking people up. Yeah. Number 61, microdosing. Some tech workers okay. swear that tiny quantities of psychedelics enhance productivity and creativity. Emerging scientific evidence, though sparse, is emerging to test those claims. Um, microdosing. Somewhat agree. Yeah, you know, I'm cool with it. I don't... I, I, okay, so... I wouldn't want my surgeon to be like, I'm microdosing. Let me work on your brain. If I right? better question, if I found out that the best brain surgeon in the world was a microdosing dude, I would still go to him. Okay. I mean, 
I guess so, yeah. But I'd probably still be like, uh, I'm not 100% sure. But I would say that probably microdosing probably has something to do with creativity because I think that's throughout human history. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where shamans and all this kind of stuff kind of came. Yeah, Steve Jobs said he wouldn't have invented the iPhone if he didn't um, take LSD. Uh, is that really the case? Something like that, yeah. But he, but he's not the one. Well, so so Steve Jobs didn't invent the iPhone, right? He came up with the concept of it, the idea. I don't think he came up with the concept of it. I mean, ask Steve Jobs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I also hear about these. Uh, a lot of your your creative types, your rappers, and um, some engineer. A lot of engineers they they go into the, the um, what is it? Like, there's this thing I forget what it's called. It's like um trance. You you go into the like the desert, and then you're they give you ayahuasca, I think is, is what it's called, and then it's it takes oh. you. You're like there for like, for like a week or two weeks or a month or something like that. You're yeah. like in a tent, and then you get super high. Mm. And you don't talk, and then you come out, and then like if you just silent for a month, by like day twenty five, oh yeah, the switch clicks, and then like you start having yeah. all these visions, and then like your spirit animal comes to you or whatever, and it's a whole thing. I'm I not, thought about doing something like that, a one week meditation retreat where yeah. you don't talk at all, and the. The the people who wrote about this and their experiences of it, like day two or three or so, you're cracking. Like that that's there's a point where like you can't do any more. And if but if you can't get past it, that's when the epiphany starts kicking in. And like and you start the mind starts settling and like oh wow I've never thought so crystal clear before. Yeah, like listen to one of these guys who's done this thing tell you about it, and it's just like sounds as they're enthusiastic as enthusiastic about it. Somebody with a new diet, ayahuasca, right? That's a like a Psychedelic beer or something, right? I don't know exactly what it is, but it's some type of psychedelic, yeah. Okay. I thought it was a motorcycle. Anyways. Um I don't think you need microdosing. Oh yeah, you're you're gonna say yeah, we don't know we don't need any of this, but it's yeah. um Yeah. Is it going does it have some type of uh creativity improvement possibilities is the question. Hmm. And I think yeah. All right. I mean I don't really know, but I would say yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> try it out. <laughs> try it out. <laughs> maybe. All right. Yeah, I don't have any number sixty three. I think this one directly applies to the Hunto show. Nano influencers. Oh yeah, that that's, that 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 describes our reach. <laughs> <laughs> big name in, big name influencers can connect with millions in a single post, but there's a whole new industry evolving for creators with much fewer followers but who have a more authentic or approachable voice. Okay. Do yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with this. Yeah. Yeah, this is actually send me that article cuz that's that's our niche. <laughs> <laughs> that is us right there. You should bring that to the thing. We're I, nano influencers. Man, I don't like the way it sounds, but yeah, that's probably <laughs> like legit. That's probably what I need to, to talk about. <laughs> or micro influencers. And I follow that up with uh, degrowth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, look, if you want to micro. Our company is a strategy of degrowth. We're nano influencers. <laughs> <laughs> we were micro influencers. <laughs> as soon as the last days that the moderator like, I should not have invited you. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> My name's on the website. <laughs> oh man, that's a. I like that though. Okay. Because so, there's, there's two different sides to it, right? So there's like um, this is the thing that like your Tom Brady's and a couple of other celebrities got caught doing. They were like taking money. Famous people were taking money to do little things, like you know, uh, film a 10 second video saying "Happy Birthday" to your kid or whatever. But then like the, the white nationalists got to them and they were saying like white nationalist stuff. But it, was, <laughs> it was just coded enough that they didn't know what they were doing. They got, that's why I made the news. But apparently, like in the background for years, there's been some company that will, will take your favorite celebrity and get them to, to do like a little thing for you for like $500 or whatever. Yeah. So like you can get a big person to do a little thing or you can get a up and coming person <laughs> to do a medium sized thing for you. And I think that's got benefit too. Yes. So I like that. But for good, 
I don't want to be in the same <laughs> sentence as white nationalism. <laughs> yes, it's, it's officially bad for yeah. until they win the next election. <laughs> All right. Uh, and the last one I have on the list, again, there's 101 of these on that website. We'll post it on the show notes. But number 77, my favorite, pro- procrastination nannies. What? Need to concentrate, but your phone keeps buzzing? For a small fee, a coach can help you get some deep work done. So the person is basically coaches you and uh, pretty much slaps the phone out of your hand. <laughs> Just says, okay. hey, oh, get yeah. back to work. And this is the thing we needed if we failed as a society. <laughs> Go ahead and launch a news. <laughs> I mean, like, one, for sure, it would work and it would help somebody. And if you need that, like the person that needs that wouldn't be big enough to be able to afford it. <laughs> like, like you yeah. shouldn't have made it that far. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a fitness coach, like... Yeah, yeah someone who helps you. You can do more reps. Go, go, keep going. You know. And here's a procrastination nanny saying, "Hey, no, you can do some more work. Focus. You don't need a brick yet. Hold that bladder." <laughs> Man, I'm against. It. I don't know. If I, I don't know if I did that. <laughs> I thought it was dumb at first. Now I'm against it totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From ambivalent and dumb to hating it. <laughs> so yeah, that's your favorite, huh? I just thought it was hilarious. I mean, <laughs> procrastination nannies. Yeah. I love it. I'm a. Uh, I'm against that. I mean, if if it's good for the person that needs it or whatever, it's just like the fact of somebody needing it is kind of a bad sign. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it also could be the culture of the place you work at too, right? I mean, if it's if it's truly affecting your job, then you're not being effective at your job and so you shouldn't be working there, right? Well, no. You, could, you would be a perfectly fine employee if you had... <laughs> well, if you're a perfectly fine employee, then you're effective, so... You would be, but for... But for... Whatever the nanny does to help you. Okay, so then you're not effective at your job, and so you shouldn't be working. You would be effective at your job. <laughs> it's circular. <laughs> yeah. It is circular. Well, I, I feel like, like imagine an app on your phone okay. that detects when you use the phone for more than 15 minutes nonstop, right? Except for using the actual phone for calling somebody, right? The app kicks in, locks it down, and you're not, you can't use it for the next like 15 minutes or right. so. I, 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 that would help actually. <laughs> so, so I guess I guess the, the thought is I'm against any sort of thing where you self punish yourself against uh, what is it called like bad behavior. Like you have to. It's almost like uh, if you were to take like a like a, a cat of nine tails to work or something like that mm-hmm. and be like, oh, that wasn't good enough," and then you just start whipping yourself. You know, well, no, I'm down same. for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There, there, there's actual services out there right now where. Um, Some guy goes over there and says, you're not good enough, and just starts wailing on I think you can put money towards things and say, it's like, hey, I let's say I pick a charity, or you make this deal with a friend. Say, it's hey. anti-charity, though. Okay. Yeah, we're like, hey, I promise to be doing this thing, or goal setting, basically. I promise to set this goal and achieve it, and if I don't, then I have to donate 100 bucks to this charity. Well, I've heard of it. So, yes, that's that's one or, service. Or give there. your money to a friend or something. No, it's, it's so the, the thing that you got to do to make it work is you got to donate money to something you hate. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so it's like if you yes. don't meet your goal, then your yes. money goes towards a insert yeah. cause you don't like. You, you've you yeah. listened. You know where I <laughs> yeah, <the> <laughs> You've got an idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Got it? All right. There you go, guys. Thanks for uh, hashing it out in the uh, captain's radio room. And uh, now you're prepared for the workplace of the future. See you there. Welcome back, guys. I'm Bo. I'm Lance. And I'm Johnny, who sometimes gets mistaken for The Rock. Ah, The Rock. <laughs> and welcome back to our world-famous pop culture segment, where we talk about what's great, and Johnny tells us all about Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. 
All right. So uh, with that segue, I'll get started with, uh, let's see, have you all seen the trailer for The Witcher? I, yes. have, I have not. <laughs> okay, well, this yeah. one starts... I watched it uh, a week and a half ago or something. So, Bo's a big fan. Uh, so, I played uh, the Witcher games, right? Mm-hmm. So, Witcher 2, and then I got through a little bit of the Witcher 3, um, but uh, not a. I haven't read the books. So, the premise from IMDb, at least, and you tell me, Bo, if it sticks with the, with the video games is... I know the Witcher 2 the best, so... No. Okay. So this one says, Geralt of Rivia... A solitary monster hunter struggles to find his place in a world where people often prove more wicked than beasts. Mm. Okay, so let me understand this. So, Gerardo Rivera <laughs> is in a world <laughs> fighting monsters with his mustache. <laughs> That's pretty close. <laughs> where, he, where he finds the people he's working with is often more wicked than the... Uh, well, he does work at Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in this case, the, the, uh, the Netflix TV show... Uh, the, Nef- the Netflix series will uh, star Henry Cavill. My man. And he is still jacked. Yeah. In that trailer, like, oh, yeah, he's still working out. <laughs> oh, he got a shirt off? Yeah, in the trailer already. Sold. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> so a lot of people have already compared this to, could this be the next GOT, Game of Thrones? <laughs> I doubt it. It's uh, It's got all the, the fantasies next, and everything. It could in be it. the next Game of Thrones season eight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's going to, it's definitely not going to live with Game of Thrones. No, uh, but uh, there's monsters in that show. Though. Like, like, is he yeah. fighting dragons or is he fighting uh, evil boars, like wild boars? It's just, like weird monsters, like giant big stuff. Yeah, like giant scorpion lizard things. You see big stuff in the trailer? Yeah. I don't remember, but uh, some uh, cool special effects and uh, yeah. some cool, interesting characters. Okay, there. Mm-hmm. all right. So, yep. But so, one to ten, how excited for the show are you? Uh, you know, I'm excited probably because if if I have you know played the games and I've uh, delved into the world a little bit stuff and to see how they interpret that into the screen is probably interesting it's probably one more than interesting parts of me i do think that i read that this is going to follow the books more mm-hmm. and the games didn't follow the books as closely so it's probably not gonna, i'm probably not going to have any kind of uh, uh similar experience i guess and so i'm kind of excited for that but watching it it's nothing is there's not a real big draw to me. I just go, okay, I like The Witcher. Okay, so side note but related question. Is so they're interpreting something that you like. You like a video game, you like a movie. They're making yep. a another version of it. They're making a book into a game, a game into a movie, blah blah blah. Do you want it to be one to one exactly the same? Is that better for you? Or is it better if they take some creative license or, or would you rather experience a same but slightly different version of it so you don't like know exactly what's coming? All right. I think I like the same. Exactly the same. For I would err more towards the same. Like it's good. Like that, that's a given. It's good. Would you want it to be exactly the same, or do you want it to be a little different? I think I want to be given the two choices. I I choose exactly the same because I think in past experience in history, people who have deviated from the source material ends up making it worse. I, I feel like if I had to, um, you know, tally all those scores and stuff, more the more often they stick to the source material the more often it's better versus i'm gonna deviate and do this and it always ends up being like nah you just ruined the whole thing kind of or missed the whole point or yeah or miss yeah. the mystique that made it what what that what, yeah. why that was good you missed you took yeah. that out of it okay yeah. so the but i will say that i used to when i was younger i would prefer the more like one-to-one if i if i read or if i looked watch them and the and the movie didn't line up with that I was like, wait a second, this is not the same movie. This didn't happen to that. 
but I think now I'm more like, you know what? That story's already been told. Mm-hmm. You know, add to that universe. You know, those are good characters. That's a good premise. That's a good storyline. Um, you know, I've done that. Give me something better. And oh, wait a second. Did, so did you start by saying it's already been done already? And this is like an, another... It, it, it's No, it's a thing you like already. A, a franchise you like. It's a book you like yeah. getting turned into a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it's a, it's a, a sh- book, book is a little different because a book is so much yeah, information. Okay. It's right? a video game you like getting turned into a movie. Sure. Yeah, you know, I want to err towards being the same because we're talking about changing the medium of uh, consuming this entertainment. It's so good, though. Yes, it, yes like, it's, it's good. It's, I want it the same. Okay. It's already good. Why ruin the good thing? You know, no. Once you've done the good thing in a movie format, then you can uh, iterate and take some liberties yeah. if you want to remake it again. And if 10 years later, yeah, That's sure. probably the one thing I don't like is, you know, that's the Lion King movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you saw it? it? I didn't see it, but is it like everything I've seen is the exact same movie. It would be better if it was the exact same movie. And, and I was like, why even make it? Why even make the exact same movie? Well, one, because it would be interesting. Like if, I mean, I get the, I get the money thing. but Well, um, it, so, but it, it, it did even worse. So, like if it was the exact same movie, that would be better than what they did because they shot for shot remade a lot of it. But then left out some of the the cartoonier, like more goofy parts of it. Okay. Yeah. So like the new Lion King, but it it lost some of the cuteness or personality of the original. Well, movie. I mean, but clearly to John Favreau's defense, he's probably he probably thought and still thinks maybe that he's adding to the Lion King universe that he's bringing something different that the cartoon couldn't do. Something with the CGI, yeah, speaks to people differently or. Um, Relates to the audience more, or impacts more gravitas, the I think. Is probably. So, yeah, exactly. So it it's on a different scale, and, and also bring into a new generation where this new generation is used to fantastic CGI and is used to yeah top notch whatever mm-hmm. animation mm-hmm. or whatnot. So and the goofy stuff I like yeah. from the cartoon probably would have seemed out of place in that movie, but you yeah. know they could have yeah. made it work some type of way. So yeah. back to the the point, and then we can go back to the next thing. I would prefer. If you um, take the thing I like already and then change it up a little bit, so I don't know exactly what's going to happen. For example, like on Walking Dead, certain characters lived and died out of order than what I expected, and like so, whenever you're kind of expecting X amount of person to die at this particular place, and it doesn't happen, and you're like, oh, oh, okay, all right, yeah, keep me guessing. And then last thing, I just finished the last Game of Thrones book, and um, the show's better. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. Unpopular opinion. So, all right. All right. So I'll uh, add one more thing I've consumed lately on Netflix is a uh, sci-fi show called Another Life. The d- the description goes: Astronaut Nico Breckenridge and her young crew face unimaginable danger as they go, um, as they go on a high-risk mission to explore the genesis of an alien artifact that has landed on Earth. Ah. So it stars Katie Sackoff from uh, Starbucks of Battlestar Galactica. Uh, this new actress, uh, or new to me, Elizabeth Faith Ludlow. Um, clearly, those two ladies have been working out because they're absolutely ripped on the show. I like uh, I like um, small ladies. Introducing Australian actor J.R. Tanako, um, who has come out as non-binary. So that's the role this person plays on the show, too. A gender non-binary and goes by the pri- pronouns of Z or her. Did you say it was a... Okay, all right, cool. I'm the, I look at the picture of J.R. Tanako. Yep. And um, so it's uh, 10 episodes, 45 minutes each. I would say if you're a sci-fi fan, check it out. It doesn't conclude, so they're clearly hoping for more seasons after this. And there's enough of a uh, tension 
that the crew face towards each other and has enough interesting concepts that makes it kind of interesting. And one concept I'll say is, so they're they're on this long-duration mission, right, to go find this alien planet, right, that may cause harm to Earth, right? And along the way, they're not afraid to kill um, crew members, yeah. right? Crew members are dying here and there due to the dangers of the mission. and But on the ship itself are a bunch of people in stasis tubes, right, that they can activate as part of the crew. So, like, yeah. let's say you, you lose a physicist, unfortunately. <laughs> you got a couple extras in the uh, freezer. Yeah, like, come <laughs> pull, up, uh, pull up from the bench, you I'll know. Call out Robinson. We need him. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's kind of cool. So, yeah. uh, as you're going through the mission, you get introduced to new characters along the way as they get woken up. So, Oh, yeah. I do like people getting woke. Yeah. Uh, my barber says this is a good show. So, hey, there you go. So, there you go. Once he's got endorsed something, uh, I uh, need to watch it. All right. So, I'll go next. Um, I picked up Keeping with Netflix. I started watching the final season of Orange is the New Black. Somewhere along the line, I kind of forgot how much I love that show. Mm. And Orange is the New Black is one of the best shows on TV, um, has always been. Um, I guess it took a long break for whatever reason. But this last season is uh, hitting on all cylinders. I love all the characters. I miss them. I'm going to miss them. It's concluding well. It's covering a lot of different topics that are very relevant to society, like some of the Hispanic uh, women got kicked, I mean, not released from prison and then put in ICE detention. So, like, they're talking about the detention camps and the immigration process now. Mm-hmm. And then one of the main characters got out and then she's trying it, having issues being on parole and integrating back into society and talking about how it's hard to get a job as a felon. So, it's just like, it's all so irrelevant and being told in a realistic but entertaining way. It's not like, it could easily be depressing, but it's lighthearted enough to like cover a real topic and also be entertaining at the same time. And like they told that line very well. And um, it's a great show. I love it. I love it. Yeah. want to miss it. Well, so I haven't read any strange books or anything like that recently. <laughs> I, what? what? Um, but I have, uh, I was sick for a little bit and being sick, I tend to watch cartoons, I guess. Oh. And uh, so I started watching anime again. I yeah. got on Crunchyroll and I'm, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with anime. So I go on Crunchyroll or something, and I watch some shows. And I like the premise of mostly of a lot of the animes that I watch. But as it drags on, it just kind of turns into the same show over and over again. Um, and so I watched two seasons of a show called Overlord. 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 And yeah. it's what it Good is. Movie. is uh, I haven't seen the movie yet. I kind of want to. It's completely different. I think so. Um, it's about a guy who is in a MMO. Uh, with his friends and stuff like that. And, and uh, what happens is the servers are going to... It's the last day of the servers being up and they're going to get shut down. And he falls asleep and he wakes up and he's actually in the game. So he's actually his character. It's the same story as Sword Art Online. I know it is. Yeah, but it's... it's uh, There's some different takes on it. He's more of like the... Uh, he's not a bad guy, but he seems more like a bad guy. Um, the main character? Yeah, the Ooh. main character. Uh, and then there's another show that I started watching... But um, do we recommend Overlord or no? Uh, I I want to say I like the the, the show has it's um, I'm not going to recommend it. Okay, well, there you go. It's, audience. It's, we it's just saved you time. Yeah, it's relatively entertaining. So I will say it's entertaining. Um, but I can't get past how the enemies, uh, uh, the the women in the enemies act. I just can't get past it. Oh, how do they act? Maybe. Well, that they completely. I don't know. Was it like submissive or something? Like oh that? no, who hates that? What's it called again? Overlord. Yeah, Overlord. Overlord.com. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think all like, but I think it's just like how women act in animes or something. And I'm like, do they have women that actually like are part of the creation of the show? You should watch One Punch Man. 
I like One Punch Man. Yeah. One Punch Man's good. Uh, so then I started watching um, another show called uh, I Died and I Got Reincarnated Slime. <laughs> and it's essentially like the same kind of show, but it's about a guy. What's it about? Let me guess. Yeah, it's a, yeah this guy's walking down the street. He dies and he gets reincarnated as a slime uh, in a video sp- game. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler. <laughs> and then he goes on to basically be like a god or something. Oh. Um, so then... Uh, but they started, but they but they play these uh, uh, I guess trailers for these other anime shows, and I kind of want to these these other anime shows. I kind of want to tell you some of these uh, these plots for these things. I love it. So one of them is um, Fruits Basket. <laughs> okay, so Fruits Basket. What would you think Fruits Basket would be about? <laughs> I have no idea, man. Giving somebody gifts they don't want. Uh, these uh. Teenagers work at a farmer's market. <laughs> okay. Well, so, uh, okay. So, synopsis uh, from this. After the accident, which she lost her mother, a 16 year old Toro moves in with her grandfather, but due to his home being renovated, is unable to continue living with him, claiming she'll find someone to stay with, but also fearing the criticism of her family and not wanting to burden any of her friends. Toro resorts to secretly living in her home in, in a tent in the woods. Right, one night on a I never back. I never watch regular anime like where it's just about yeah. their lives. If you're not fighting monsters or like um, well, it's uh, not for you. Yeah. yeah. So one night on her way back, she finds her tent buried beneath landslide. Um, uh, the you know, Yuki Soma, the prince of her school, and the cousin, the prince uh, of her school. Go on. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, this is this is the like the next line. Upon arriving at the Suma house, Tor discovers their secret. If Suma is hugged by someone. Of the opposite gender, they temporarily transform into one of the animals of the Zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> That's Fruits Basket. Aw, <laughs> oh, Fruits Basket, you crazy thing. Okay, so there's, okay, so along those same weird lines, there's some show on Netflix that Netflix was, was recommending to me where it's like these four assassins, these four like y- Yakuza assassins somehow got magically turned into like a uh, K-pop girl group. Until <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, like... I don't know. It's kind of like Sailor Moon, but when they do the dance, they turn into uh, K-pop girls instead of from like <laughs> Yakuza assassins. And I was like, I'm going to take a sick day and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next one is uh, the quintessential quintuplets. So what do you think this one's about? Okay. So I'm going to go with uh, there's a quin, five, five um, kids that uh, serve tea at their boarding school. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, <laughs> A high school romantic huh? comedy there we go. with five times the cute girls. A high school boy must work part time to help his help five sisters <laughs> study so they can graduate. But the only thing is, the only thing these quintuplets have in common is they don't is they all hate studying. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarity ensues. Exactly. Hilarity ensues. So it's just one guy and like you know five twins essentially, five quintuplets. You guys ever known triplets or, or higher? Uh, no. Triplets, maybe. I, I know someone who had triplets. I had a next door neighbors that were triplets when I was a kid. Mm. Two boys and a girl. Turns out they're not all three identical. Yeah. Wow. Well, what cued you into that? Well, part of them's different. <laughs> <laughs> I was an adult before I realized that you didn't have boy girl identical twins because they yeah, all look alike. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> all right. So, um, you done, Got more? One more. All right. Okay. So this one, uh, this one I thought was, um, <laughs> okay. This one is called domestic girlfriend. <laughs> All right. I ain't touching that one. I ain't touching that one. Okay, so... I might. All right. So, Natsu Fuji is hopelessly in love with his teacher, Hina. Trying to move on, he agrees to a mixer. There, he meets an odd girl, Rui Tachibana, who invites him to sneak out. She takes him to her house and asks him to 
you know, do it, do it with each other. <laughs> Frustrated that his love will not bear fruit in me, he says goodbye to his virginity. The next day, Natsu, his dad, tells him that he wants to remarry, and his prospective partner, prospective partner, is coming to their house that evening. When the door opens, it turns out to be Rui, is Hina's younger sister, and both are daughters of the woman this father wants to marry. Oh, that's funny. That's um, that's the the true story of <laughs> of Puff Daddy and Steve Harvey. <laughs> what? That's the true story of Puff. Um, Puff Daddy right now. That would have been a better thing than this. Puff Daddy the is true dating. Story of Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy is dating his son's ex-girlfriend, who is Steve Harvey's daughter. <laughs> that's a, Down, uh, yeah. that's a, so I just want to let you know, these are the uh, fine <laughs> animated shows that are on Crunchyroll that I just, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, Come on, what the hell anyway? Those are, those are the three most tame ones. Like, well, Crunchyroll is pretty tame. I like Crunchyroll. I watch uh, Naruto on it. Like, I would recommend Naruto for you, but it's 500 episodes and much more of an investment of anybody's time than I could actually, in good faith, tell you uh, to take Well, on. they have Baruto now. Which is terrible. It's okay. so much worse. Okay. Is it boring, boring, boring? There you go. All right, so my, my last thing is um, my um, a friend uh, recommended this book called Dread Nation, and it's in the same lines of um, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter kind of area. Oh, that's cool. It's um, <clears throat> The review says, uh, The powerful New York Times bestseller, tells the gripping story of a young girl's journey through a hostile world. No, that's, that's, that's a terrible description. All right. So it's um, <laughs> post-Civil War, slave era, like check one box for me, a uh, young black girl. She's um <laughs> lives in a world where uh, Civil War and there's zombies. So like there's a uh, boarding school for uh, would-be slave girls who are being trained up to fight zombies and then uh, craziness ensues or whatever. So I'm just like, oh man, like, Slavery, zombies, <laughs> like sign me up. <laughs> uh, female protagonist, sign me up. Like, and it's a, uh, it's really well, well written, and um, it's taking some turns and whatever. So it's a, uh, it's a good story called Dread Nation by uh, Justina Ireland. I recommend. Cool, awesome. All right, anybody well, ask anything? Uh, real quick too. We also caught uh, Fast and Furious, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I think uh, we all liked it. Right, we agree and. Uh, it uh, falls suits with the uh, Fast and Furious family very well, and uh, yeah, it's in the, the mid tier Fast and Furious movies. Satisfying yeah. action. The writing could use a little punching up. Like, sure, a lot of insults between um, Statham and, and the Rock, but you know some of them were like kind of childish. Some yeah. were some were childish, but funny. We also saw, or some of us saw, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, how's that? Um, it sticks with you, I think. Unlike a Marvel movie, sometimes which are kind of forgettable to agree, uh-huh. highly enjoyable. But sometimes forgettable. Once upon a time, kind of stuck with me a little bit. Where, you know, the acting was superb, top notch. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, fantastic job. Um, and it kind of is a revisionist of history. Um, okay. So, I'll just say that much. I heard. So the one thing I heard about that movie was that Brad Pitt, who is fifty something, um, takes his shirt off and it still has his twenty year old abs. Yep. In that movie. Speaking of, like, so Statham and The Rock. Um, Jason Statham and The Rock both like out there doing the kicks and fighting people or whatever. Jason Statham is 52 and The Rock is 47. Vin Diesel is 51. And they're, Vin Diesel is still uh, jumping from uh, his Dodge Charger to a tank. <laughs> 50. Yeah. That's yeah. saying something about our fitness level, guys. Yeah, see The Rock in that freaking movie and it's just like, like it, I can I see The Rock on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, I'm but like, he was born with muscles, so that's kind of tough. I mean, he's, but he's in the gym for four hours a day, too, at the same time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I look at him I'm like, is it unhealthy to work out too much? Yes. I'm doing the right thing by working out <laughs> the right amount. There you More go. More healthy than The Rock. 
All right, folks. I think that's it. We'll, hey, do you still call him The Rock? Well, or do you call him Dwayne Johnson? Where are we with that? The Rock. I call him The Rock, too. Yeah. Bo? I say Mr. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get out of here. All right, well, that uh, concludes our uh, world-famous uh, pop culture segment. And once again, we'd like to say thank you for listening. We love what we do. And uh, please uh, go visit patreon.com slash junto show. Um, and uh, signing off, this is Johnny. Lance, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And this is Bo. We'll see you on the next time. Have a great day. <laughs>